Good morning. I thought it was important to do an Easter message, but uh, in typical Jerry fashion, I have not really prepared anything ahead of time. So you're going to get a little bit of just the off-the-cuff Jerry talking through the Easter morning. And uh, I think it's kind of appropriate in the situation that I'm in right now with, as you most of you know, we had Hana two weeks ago almost now, and uh, we had been in the NICU uh, for the last couple of weeks. We got to bring her home on uh, Good Friday, actually. And so it was that tension of not being in the NICU every single day and not wanting to really read or anything like that and waiting for the day that we got to bring her home, which obviously is a huge, huge uh, antidote to how we approach Easter, but I promised uh, Candace that I would stop using Hana for everything. So this morning I did want to read through a couple of the scriptures that are tied to usually this morning, but I thought it would be appropriate for us to open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day and what this day represents to us as Easter Sunday. It is a day of rejoicing, of deep joy, for we are reminded again and again, at least this time every year, that hope does win. The light bursts forth, that the darkness does not get to claim us, that even death itself does not get to claim us, and we are freed, and by this free indeed we are able to go and do what you have called us to do. Lord, let us not get it twisted and forget who Jesus is and what Jesus calls us to do. This celebration is also a proclamation to remind us to go forth and do likewise. We celebrate his name this morning. It is through Christ. Amen. Starting with Mark 16, 1 through 8. When Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go and anoint Jesus' dead body. Fairly early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they came to the tomb. And they were saying to each other, who's going to roll away the, st uh, the stone away from the entrance for us? When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, and it was a very large stone. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated at the right side, and they were startled. But he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. Go and tell the disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Thank God. Oh, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was going to share with you real quick uh, before I go into the John reading that if you're with us through the Mark study, you can actually go back to the Mark study if you'd like uh, in the podcast. But this is actually where most of the uh, early copies of the New Testament of Mark, I mean, the Gospel of Mark ends. It ends with the women being overcome with terror and dread and fleeing from the tomb. And they were afraid to say anything to anyone because of this message that Jesus gave. I think that's a, an important uh, reminder here on this Easter morning that sometimes this news is so miraculous that it kind of turns into terror and dread. Okay, going back to the Gospel of John 21 through 18. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that a stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. 
Peter and the other disciples left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster. Then Peter was the first to arrive and was the first to arrive at the tomb. I'm going to put a little editor's note here. This is one of my favorite parts of uh, the Gospel of John because the Gospel of John, the other disciple, is who they believe the actual author was. And he just wanted to kind of stick it to Peter here saying, hey, the other disciple was faster than you and got to the tomb first. Okay, back to the scriptures. Bending down to take a look, he saw that the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other cloth, but folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived first at the tomb, see, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand that the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to the, look into the tomb. She, ta- she saw two angels dressed in white seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she said that this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she couldn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? What are you looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell him, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them I'm going to my, up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what he said to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, last reading this morning will come from 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. Brothers and sisters, I want to call your attention to the good news that I preached to you, which you, which you also received in, in, in which you stand. You are being saved, though, if you hold on to the message I preached to you, unless somehow you believed it for nothing. I passed on to you as the most important what I also received. Christ died for our sins in line with the scriptures. He was buried, and he rose on the third day in line with the scriptures. He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at once. Most of them are still alive to this day, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, He appeared to me, as if I were born at the wrong time. I'm the least important of the apostles. I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I harassed God's church. I am the one, I am what I am by God's grace. And God's grace has been, hasn't been for nothing. In fact, I have worked harder than all the others. That is, it wasn't me, but the grace of God with me. So that whatever you have heard the message from me or them, this is what we have preached and this is what you have believed. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. This is always such an interesting um, time of the year, Easter. And especially 2021, not wanting to be outdone by 2020, still in a very interesting place. Because, see, Easter is in spring, because partly because the Christians um, took 
from the pagan holidays surrounding uh, the spring season. And that's actually where the bunny and rabbits come from. It's always so interesting because spring is supposed to represent new life, fertility. And fertility can be represented by eggs, new life, and rabbits because they like to procreate. So that's where your Easter bunny and eggs come to represent is fertility. Very interesting thing. But for us right now in the midst of 2021, it is this the season of almost beginning again. You see, as the vaccines have been kind of rolling their way throughout and states are beginning to open up and businesses are beginning to reopen. And, you know, we come out of the coldness of winter into the, the time of spring. You begin to see, even outside in my wife's garden, new plants sprouting forth. There is this, this hope, this beginning. And I think that for all of us as Christians, we know that feeling so well because it is in Christ that we have found this new hope, this new beginning. But we can't have new hope and new beginning without experiencing the end of something else. See, it is so important to look at Easter as this beginning, but it is also very important to look at what is ending. See, for Christ... In his time, what Christ was putting to end is this system that was enslaving his people, us, humanity. A system that was set up for us to fail. A system where we had forgotten the poor. A system where we had forgotten to heal the sick, to be with the widow, with the orphan. A system that was set up so that we forgot the things that God cared about. And Christ said, with my death, I put an end to these things to remind you that these systems have no power over you because I am triumphant over them. We have to remind ourselves that he can feel heavy in this world. I know that I have felt the heaviness of this world. Over 2020, when I was separated from friends and family, from you, the church, I could feel the heaviness of this world. I know that in the midst of looking at the economic situations in the United States that 2020 brought to forth to us, where the richest in the United States got even more rich and the poorest in the United States got even more poor, the wealth gap became that much larger in the summer of unrest as we cried out that black lives mattered in the midst of Chauvin's trial of George Floyd happening in the midst of Holy Week. All of these things are reminders of the heaviness of this world that we live in. And we celebrate this time of the year as that reminder that this heaviness does not win. That we have the ability to lay these burdens down, to take peace in Christ. Because Christ says, I got you, fam. I am with you. And I am here to let you know that those things do not win. That I am here to roll away the stone and remind you that death. Death isn't the end. It's the beginning. And when you take up your cross and follow after me, when you die to yourself, that death stone can be rolled away and you can come into this new life, a new life, the new heart and new eyes to see the world that I see, to rise 
to rise, to rise. N.T. Wright is a very uh, famous theologian of our time, and he always said that if Christians really understood the message of Easter, they would celebrate it way more than Christmas. And I have to agree that if we really took the message of Easter seriously, this new birth that Christ gives us and invites us into at this moment, we would celebrate it more than Christmas because Christmas, even though being one of my favorite holidays, is so important to us because of the new hope that it brings. This is that hope. Easter is that hope. That when Christ's child comes, it is to free us from this world. And yet here he does. On Easter Sunday, he rises from the grave to remind us that these things of this world have no power over us. The systems of this world have no power over us. The death that the state can place upon us has no power over us. And yet, in the beginning, like I said, what are we going to do with this newfound freedom? Are we going to sit and make it some type of cheap grace to do nothing with our freedom? Or are we going to do as Christ did and go and tell the world about a freedom that we have been given? Are we going to go and feed the hungry? Are we going to go and restore sight to the blind, to make the lame walk, to walk with those who are on the margins of our society, to bring them in closer to the center? What are we going to do with that freedom today, church? I urge you, the stone has been rolled away. New life has been given to us what will we do? Will we sit on the sidelines? Will you will you put chains back on ourselves saying, God, this is too much? Will we sit in the darkness looking away from the cave that is now open? Or will we trust and take those first steps out of the cave? Brightness searing our eyes but seeing the world with so much more color. God, we rejoice this morning that we have been given the opportunity to have freedom. And for those of us who are hearing this message right now and may feel a little downtrodden, it is okay. It is okay to experience those emotions through the life because we are human. We are going to experience those moments, but I also want to offer you this moment of saying that is not the end of your story. The stone has been rolled away and we are given a new freedom to walk out that cave. The stone has been rolled away so now that we may rise. We may take new steps into new life. But that new life also comes with a challenge to free others, to let others know as Mary did, to run and tell the disciples that there is new life, that they have not taken away our King, that Christ has risen, and He has risen indeed. So let us now, in this year of 2021, know that the world has been, the stone has been removed, and we are going to go forth. 
And in this new light, in this new spring, in this new time, we are going to go forth to proclaim the message of Christ, a message of freedom, a message of healing the sick, a message of restoring sight to the blind, a message for the widow and the orphan, a message for the marginalized, for the message of that we are going to bear the light of Christ into this dark world because the tomb is empty, folks. We don't need to dwell there anymore. We can shake off the grave dust, take off those grave clothes, and rise and go forth. I'm going to end this homily. I, I joked with Candace when I went downstairs this morning that it could be five minutes, it could be 30 minutes. We don't know how the Lord will lead, but I wanted to end this evening, or this, I'm sorry, it's not even evening yet, sorry, this morning with a poem by Maya Angelou. I'm going to put a little explicit reading in there because she gets a little bit explicit in it, but uh it's Maya Angelou. How can I not end with this? It's uh, The poem is called Still I Rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room, just like the moons and like suns with the certainty of the tides, just like hope springs high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I danced like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history, shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide. Welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Laughing behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Still, this was still I Rise by Maya Angelou, copyrighted in 1978. I wanted to end there because I think it's appropriate to hear the words of a black woman on Easter morning, as it is a woman who brought us the message of the resurrection. And still, we are called to rise. Be blessed this morning. Have a happy Easter to you and yours. And may you proclaim the message of Jesus Christ this morning in freedom.